0: Oh, 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 oh,
1: to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg
2: and Dr. Nadler. Welcome, Welcome to Leadership development, 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 development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Riley Nadler. My co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, also on the line. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And today we're really happy uh, to have Mar- Marcy Shimoff. She's the author of Happy for No Reason. And she's our guest today. And if you're a busy executive who needs more sources of positive energy and who doesn't need that, the single most important thing that you can do to increase your level of health, wealth, and success in your life is to increase your level of happiness. So that's really going to be kind of the focus of of today is around happiness. And Marcy, as some of you may have seen, is is the star of the Secret video and the undisputed expert of the law of attraction. So this shows you how happiness is a shortcut to anything. Marcy will share some of her insights from her book, and which we'll talk about happy for no reason, where you can learn the remarkable secrets. Uh, to her seven step process to easily and systematically raise your everyday level of happiness and so let me just say a little bit about uh, Kathy We'll join us in a moment you know Kathy Greenberg you know also is a happiness expert and she has uh, what happy working mothers know uh, what happy mothers know she 's working a new book and Kathy coaches um, leading executives and entire companies on the applications of her proven Happiness equals profit strategies. She's also the co-founder of the renowned executive consultancy H2C Leadership and the author, like I can mention, of multiple bestsellers. And my name, Dr. Relly Nadler. I'm a uh, master-certified uh, executive coach, psychologist, corporate leader, and uh, my new book just came out. We'll talk probably on another show about that. Um, leading with emotional intelligence. And, you know, Kathy and I, we always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. And, Kathy, are you on the call?
3: I am. I am. I'm here, and I'm so excited because I've been a big fan of Marcy's for a very long time, and... We are so happy to have her with us, to use a a catchphrase for the day. (laughs) But um, before we get started, you know, we like to give our audience a little bit of a grounding on why we believe you're going to learn something great in every one of our shows. And that's because we all know that leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. But we also know that most leaders will underestimate just how much influence they have over others And, well, as a result, sometimes they can underperform. And when they underperform, it's unfortunate, but they also influence others around them. And, unfortunately, they mirror that, and we have underperformance going on all around us. But, you know, doing just a few things differently can dramatically improve your performance and your organization's And we hope that in every one of our shows here at Leadership Development News that you're learning something about how to develop yourself and others in your organization, that you're learning something about happiness, including what happy companies know about performance. We love to talk about Raleigh's sweet spot, emotional intelligence, and positive psychology strategies to be your best, something about brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance, and certainly the importance of gender and generation differences that make all the difference in leadership engagement. We'll talk a little bit about work-life balance practices to be your best, strategies for managing your boss and yourself, and many, many more tools, not only in today's show but in all of our shows. And really, before we bring Marcy on, could you talk a little bit about the science behind leadership?
2: Sure, Kathy. I'd be glad to do that. And we always like to give some of the evidence-based um, Information on leadership development news, so we talk about leaders all the time, because we know that leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70 percent influence over the climate of their team, and that's a huge number. In some organizations, leaders even have more influence, their fingerprints on every aspect of, of what goes on. And one of the reasons uh, that's true is that emotions are contagious, and the person who's the most contagious is the leader, and so like, we, like, we like to call them the emotional thermostat. And one of the keys for being a star, and that's something we define as being a top 10%, is this aspect of emotional intelligence. When compared to how smart someone is and technical expertise, emotional intelligence always um, comes up as being one of the key factors, if not the most important factor, for how someone moves up uh, in a, the ladder. And we also know that if you can bring uh, coaching into your organization, what that can do, Kathy and I have a program called Excel, which is a great way to bring coaching into your program or your organization. And if you have training alone, we, most organizations all have training. We know there's about a 22% increase in training. But if you add coaching, individualized coaching to the training, you can get an increase of about 88% boost in productivity. And one of the keys is to take these small micro-initiatives all things that you can learn on each and every one of our shows and that we're going to get a lot from Marcy today um, that can allow a macro impact. For more information about Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership for all her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. For more information about me, Dr. Rowling Adler, my website is www.truenorthleadership. For emotional intelligence assessments, there's some free assessments there, speaking keynotes, Leadership and coaching boot camps. So, Kathy, you want to tell us a little bit more about Marcy here?
3: Oh, it would be my honor and a privilege. Um, Marcy Shimoff is the women's face of one of the biggest self help book phenomenons in history. And many of you are familiar with it Chicken Soup for the Soul. Her six best selling titles in the series, including Chicken Soup for the Women's Soul and Chicken Soup for the Mother's Soul. Have met with stunning success worldwide, selling more than 13 million copies in 33 languages, and she collectively has had her books on the New York Times bestseller list for a total of 108 weeks. That is unbelievable. Marcy's one of the best-selling female nonfiction authors of all time. In addition, she's a featured teacher in the international film and book phenomenon, *The Secret*. Her latest book, *Happy for No Reason*. Seven Steps to Being Happy from the Inside Out, offers a revolutionary approach to experiencing deep and lasting happiness. She is a celebrated transformational leader and one one of the nation's leading experts on happiness, success, and the law of attraction. Marcy has inspired millions of people around the world, sharing her breakthrough methods for personal fulfillment and professional success. She is president and co-founder of the Esteem Group, and she delivers keynote addresses and seminars on self-esteem, self-empowerment, and peak performance to corporations, professional and nonprofit organizations, and women's associations. She has been a top-rated trainer for numerous Fortune 500 companies, including AT&T, General Motors, Sears, Kaiser Permanente, and Bristol-Myers Squibb. She is an acclaimed authority on success and happiness, and as such, Marcy's often approached by media for her insights and advice. She's been, wow, in, in so many national uh, media and, and television shows, uh, radio shows, and she has been interviewed for over 100 newspaper articles nationwide, and probably uh, those things are also in the global network because often those things will carried on major news wires all over the world. Through her books and her presentations, Marcy's message has touched the hearts and rekindled the spirits of millions of people throughout the world, and she's dedicated to fulfilling her life's purpose of helping people live more empowered and
4: joy filled lives. Welcome Marcy. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here with both of you. I, I love I love both of your works and I um, uh, this is this is an uh, interview I've been looking forward to. It's terrific. Well,
2: well, thanks, Marcy. You know, one of the ways that we always like to uh, start off and is just to get a little kind of background information about the person, and and uh, typically is trying to find out who've been some of the key people may have influenced you in your life, and especially mm. to to I imagine being as happy as you are um, and talking about happiness. Who've been some of the key influences that? that's kind of allowed you to move forward in your path? Mm,
4: I love that question because um, people are always asking me, were you always happy? (laughs) And the answer is absolutely not. I I did not win the happiness jackpot at birth. As a matter of fact, I say that I came out of the womb with existential angst. (laughs) (laughs) I was really an unhappy kid and for no particular reason. I had great circumstances, great family, and, but I was an unhappy kid. I was unhappy as a teenager, but I was very lucky, and I was lucky because I had a father who was the happiest person I've ever mm. met in my life. He passed away a couple of years ago at age 91, but mm. every morning of his life, he woke up with a big smile on his face, and I remember one day, I was about 19, we were driving down the road together. I looked at him, and I, sa- I asked him what I thought was a brilliant question. I said, Dad, what's the most important advice you have for me for life, the best advice you can give me. And he looked at me and he said four words. He said, honey, just be happy. Well, I threw my arms up into the air in frustration and said, ah, dad, that's easy for you to say. You were born that way. Uh But I wasn't. What do I do? And he looked at me and he said four more words. He said, honey, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And I realized then that, you know what? Some people are really just born happy. This right. was before all the happiness research was out. Right. And I was not one of those. So I wanted to see what I could do, what you could do, what anyone could do to raise their happiness level. And that's what I've basically dedicated the last 32 years of my life to finding out. So so I would say probably the most influential mentor in my life was my father because he showed me a vision of what's possible in life, how you can live a, a, a life that's happier. and So that was... That was my, my first mentor, and then I've been blessed with many other great business mentors, Jack Canfield, who wrote the Chicken Soup series, and, and numbers of others.
3: Well, Marcy, stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break. So everybody out there, don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News.
0: practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
2: Welcome back to Leadership Development News. Today we're really excited. We're talking with Marcy Shimoff, who uh, wrote the book of many happy for no reason. And uh, Marcy, we have a lot of questions we want to ask you. So let's just kind of jump in. You know, so can we really create lasting happiness? Well,
4: that to me is the most exciting news out there in the field of positive psychology. And I think everybody should know this. And I'm sure that, Kathy, you've spoken a lot about this as well. And that is the research that's found that we all have a happiness set point, that no matter what happens to us, whether good or bad, we will return to our set point or set range unless we do something consciously to change it, And which is fabulous to know that we absolutely can do something consciously to change our happiness set point. And the research shows that the set point is 50% genetic, it's 10% your circumstances, and only 10% circumstances, and 40% our habits of thoughts and behavior. And that's the part we can do something about the most, most effectively, to create lasting change. So I think one of the things that, that is important for people to really get is that we spend so much of our attention, time and attention, focusing on that 10% of our happiness that's circumstantial, thinking, oh, if I just made more money, if I just had a better job, if I just had a different spouse, then I'd be happier. When in reality, it's not that that creates the, the greatest impact on our happiness, but instead it's our habits of thoughts and behavior. And what I did is I interviewed... Uh, A hundred unconditionally happy people, people who are happy for no reason. And and let me, by the way, very quickly define what I mean by happy for no reason, because I don't mean that you're walking around 24-7 with a silly grin on your face. Uh, What I do mean by happy for no reason is that you have an inner state of peace and well-being that doesn't depend on your circumstances. So you may have challenging experiences, you may feel sad, you may feel, go go through grief. Uh, My mother just passed away, I certainly have been in in grief. And despite these circumstances, you still have an inner core, a backdrop of inner peace and Mm well-being. You know, what I like to say is that people who are happy for no reason don't look to their circumstances to extract their happiness, but rather they bring their happiness to their life circumstances. So yes, we can create lasting happiness by raising our happiness set point. And what I found out from interviewing these people, these unconditionally happy people, I call them my happy hundred, and, um, is that the only difference between them and everybody else is that they have different habits. And I distilled them down to 21 core happiness habits that anyone can practice to raise their happiness Happiness level. And uh, I'm sure that, that, Kathy, in, in the research that you've done, you've found exactly the same kinds of things. I mean, it's pretty... Would you say that that's that's in alignment with what you're finding? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We interviewed for What Happy Working Mothers Know
3: About a 1,000 Women Globally, and it was fascinating to hear the consistency. So obviously there's something here that we can learn, and that's why we call it the science of happiness. And I'm very curious, Marcy, would you be comfortable sharing with our audience um, some of this uh, seven-step program that you offer for getting happiness kind of underway and then a foundation in your life.
4: Yes. Um, what I found is that there were, tw- as I mentioned, 21 core happiness habits that anyone can practice. And and looking at those, I found that they fell into seven main categories or areas of our life. And that that's what I call the seven-step program. Now, what I've also found out over the years of of doing uh, uh, training and, and um and I was also worked in uh, organizational behavior. Um, is that people have a hard time remembering seven of anything? So I created a metaphor. I call it building your inner home for happiness. And there are seven main components in building a home. The seven main components are your foundation, your four corner pillars, the halls that the walls um, form around, the roof, and the garden. And so, how I relate these to the to the seven main areas that your happiness level falls into is um, is that the foundation of your home for happiness is first taking full responsibility for your happiness, taking ownership of your life. If you don't do that, then you go along like many people do in life, saying, well, you know, I'll just wait for the... the things in my life to change. You know, I'll be happy when syndrome, I'll be happy when I get a better job or when I lose 20 pounds or whatever it is. So that's being a victim of your life. What we found is the foundation has to do with taking full responsibility for your happiness, getting out of the blaming, complaining, and shaming game, and m- moving more into really uh,
2: uh, becoming a, co- a creator of your life. So that's the first step. And- and would you say, Marcy, uh, it's the first step? Meaning that you have to start with that. If if you don't start with that, you, the other ones of of the house aren't going to be aren't going to uh, be solid.
4: Exactly, because what you're doing is you're just if you don't take responsibility for your happiness, <clears throat> you're expecting something on the outside to change for your life to change, right. and it won't. So that you're right is the fundamental first step.
2: And you know it's very similar. A lot of folks, you know, this goes way back, probably to. I think 1990, uh, Stephen Covey, Be Proactive, is habit number one.
4: So exactly. Very, very interesting. And, and you know, there are, there are fun ways that you can bring this into your workplace, and I'll, I'll just give you a quick yeah. example of, of the taking responsibility for your happiness. I, I uh, often tell people to do this in their workplace with their work teams or in the, with their families, and it's a little game called the Blame, Shame, and Complain game. And what you do is you just notice every time you go into more of a victim mode, complaining about something, making excuses, justifying, blaming others, or blaming yourself, which is feeling shame or guilt, any time you or your coworkers fall into that trap, you just put a dollar into, the, into a basket. You do this for a week what you 'll find is you need to have a lot of dollars on you <laughs> what you 'll find is that after two or three days you 'll become more and more aware of how often you you fall into that blame, shame, and complain game, and you 'll but just that awareness of it tends to uh, help you help you stop the behavior and help you take more responsibility you know for blaming the guy next to you for why you didn't get your project in on time or for blaming the traffic for why you weren't there on time. Just the, the, even the very insidious, subtle ways in which we, we feel guilty or feel shame or make excuses for what's going on in our lives. So that's just a very simple thing you can do to create an awareness. So, Marcy, I'm very excited about this home for happiness. So we started
3: with foundations, and then you said there's pillars, a roof, and a garden?
4: Yes. So the four corner pillars. Of the home for happiness are the pillar of the mind, the pillar of the heart, the pillar of the body, and the pillar of the soul. You know, the mind has to do with our thought patterns. The heart has to do with our emotional intelligence, which you know so much about Raleigh. Mm-hmm. The um, the body has to do with the biochemistry of happiness. You know, are you creating are you making the cells in your body happy? And then the soul or spirit has to do with how much you're feeling connected with the the bigger energy of life. And then there's the roof of your home for happiness, which has to do with your purpose or passion in life. Are you living a life mm. that's inspired? And uh, I'm sure we can, we'll come back around and talk about some of these topics that interest you the most. And then finally, the garden of your home for happiness has to do with who you surround yourself with. Are you, uh, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Riley, really, there is emotional contagion. Right. So are you surrounding yourself with, with toxic people, with Are there lots of weeds in your garden? Or are you surrounding yourself with a a support team, people who are really supporting you and experiencing greater happiness in life? I love it. I love it. And one of the things that um, we've heard
3: a lot of in the past year are frenemies. In fact, I believe there's even a TV show coming out. Called what? Frenemies. You have a friend who's an energy vampire, Uh and they become a frenemy.
2: In front of me. Oh, that's in front of me. Yeah.
3: Wow, I love that expression. <laughs> I,
2: haven't,
3: I haven't heard that either. That's great, right. right? And 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 Marcy, um, I love I love the metaphors, and you know, people really do remember those things <clears throat> when you can connect them to their yeah. lives in a more meaningful way. So that that's outstanding. Can you talk a little bit about the um, the kind of overview that you? like to give in terms of this program that you have called The Heart of the Secret? Is there anything you can share about that?
4: Well, there is. Um, I, I certainly want to come back to filling in some of the blanks on the home as well. Sure. Um, can, can we do that first and then sure, come back? Sure. to this? Oh, sure, mind? sure, sure. Okay. Uh, you know, one of the things, one of the areas that I find the most challenging for people, and particularly in the workplace, has to do with the pillar of the mind, mm-hmm. and that it has to do with our thoughts. You know, and I, I titled that section of my program, Don't Believe Everything You Think. Mm. Uh, just because you have a thought doesn't mean that it's true.
2: <laughs> right, right.
4: <laughs> and like, the research shows that we have about 60,000 thoughts a day. For the average person, 80% of those are negative. The scientists call that the negativity bias. And uh, one of the researchers I interviewed called it the Velcro-Teflon syndrome, and here's what he meant by that. Our minds are like Velcro for the negative. The negative just sticks Mm. to us, whereas they're like Teflon for the positive. The positive just slides right off.
3: Right. And, Marcy, one of the things that we say a lot in our books is we're hardwired for hard times.
4: Yes. So it's very
3: natural for us to go to that space. But I want you to give that statistic again for our audience. Yes. How many
4: thoughts a day? We have 60,000 thoughts a day. Wow. On average, 80% of those are negative It was survival wiring Yes, we inherited from our ancestors, the cavemen. We no longer need it to the extent that we have it. What it does is it makes us hyper alert for the negative. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you're at work. You get ten compliments on your performance in a day, and you get one criticism. What do you remember at the end of the day? Uh.
3: All the good negatives. <laughs> you
4: remember that one critic? <laughs> because they're going
3: to make me a better performer right. in, my, in my mind as a silly higher achiever. Yeah.
4: So what we found is that more successful people actually will focus on the positives. It takes 20 seconds to remember something positive. So if somebody says to you, oh, you did a great job on that project, rather than deflecting it and saying, oh, it was nothing, I, I, you know, you in fact know that you worked hard on it, Take in that compliment, say thank you. you know I actually worked really hard on that project, and I was happy with the way it turned out as well
2: so so say that again so so what 's the 20, twenty seconds for it to like sink in is that what it you're takes
4: twenty seconds for that positive to actually stick to you, to to sink in. It takes longer for the positive message to make an imprint on the mind than for the negative.
2: So that's that stickiness factor. So it takes the 20 seconds and most people brush it off. Oh, it's nothing. No no big deal. And so it doesn't stick.
4: That's right. So we need to be more like Velcro and less like Teflon. And the way we (laughs) do that is by making note of the positives, even keeping a journal of the positive things, the wins that have happened in our day.
2: Well, this is great. Uh, we'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News. We're, t- we're talking with Mark Shimoff and we'll be right back. <music>
0: practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com.
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show.
3: Welcome back to Leadership Development News, and we're here with our special guest, Marcy Shimoff. And Marcy is the, just the worldwide author of so many books in the um, Chicken Soup for the Soul series. And, of course, her famous book, which was featured on many shows, including PBS, which I adored, which is Happy for No Reason. And we're talking to Marcy about this whole idea of happiness, and, and we're going to move into a conversation now about the happiness factor and the heart so, Marcy, why don't we let you kick this off and then we'll kind of ask some questions that we think our audience might like to hear some answers to.
4: Wonderful. Well, w- on the last segment, we were talking about the mind and, you know, our thought patterns. And, and um, Rella, you brought up during the break with me about how... I had said that 80% of our thoughts are negative, and you mentioned this statistic also from, mm-hmm. from Deepak, that 95% of our thoughts are the same thoughts that we have yesterday and the day before and the day before, that our minds are just record players. Right. And what we need to do with our thoughts is to actually refocus them on, um, pay more attention to the positives so that they become more like, uh, te- like Velcro to us and they stick more. And I just wanted to mention some research uh, from... Robert Emmons from the University of California, Davis, he found that people who every day at the end of the day just write down five things that they were grateful for during the day, um, within a month their happiness level, mm. their happiness set point has been raised. And it's because what they're doing is they're creating, they're, they're making the positive stick. And in doing so, you actually create new neural pathways in the brain where you, where you then start seeing the positives more because that's what you're in the habit of doing more. It becomes more habitual thought. So I, I just wanted to add that to our discussion about the mind. And then uh, moving on to the discussion about the heart and the, the, the experience in the heart, um, I am a huge fan and very grateful to a group called the Institute of HeartMath. They're the world's leading researchers on the impact of the heart on our lives. And what they've found is that when we experience appreciation and love and compassion and loving, just forgiveness, and these, these elements of the heart, that we go into what's, what they call heart rhythm coherence. When we're experiencing anger, frustration, and, and um, those other kinds of more negative emotions, we go into heart rhythm incoherence. And they have discovered that there are ways that we can habituate heart rhythm coherence throughout our day. And they, they even have technology. They have um, computer programs that you can use. Uh, they have a little device called the M-Wave that you can carry around with you. And I know, Kathy, you're a big fan of heart math as Absolutely. well. And I just love that that they're finding that the heart has such a huge impact. How we how we feel. How how easy how easy it is, is it for you to forgive? And you think, Oh well this is all kind of touchy feely kind of stuff and how does this apply to work? It applies Directly to our performance at work, because what we've what they're finding is that the more we're able to be in heart rhythm coherence, the greater our productivity is at work. The the more we're able, the more creative we're able to be. The more we're able to uh, be effective, just in our in, in not only in our communications, but in our ability to focus and our ability to get things done. So. I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this, both of you, because this is such an area that you're, you're experts
2: yeah. in as well. well let, me, uh, let me start, and then, Kathy, I definitely want to hear what you said to say. You know, I've, <clears throat> there's an entertainment company I'm just in, in the process of, of dealing with, you know, highly creative folks. And one of the things, one of the pieces of research, just along with this, they found that when people were in a positive mood, they were 50% more creative, generating more things. And it's exactly like we're talking about, Marcy. The other thing I think, when we're carrying this around, sometimes I call this the grievance story. And what do we do? We keep kind of feeding this grievance story over and over when we're really feeling uh, negative and expanding that. So, kind of a question. And then we'll see where Kathy's question is. You may know this. How long does it take to change some of that incoherence to coherence? Let's say, you know, let's say you're in the grievance, you're in your complaints, you're in the blaming. How long does, does it take to actually, you know, switch and then get into a positive state? I'd actually be curious what both of you know oh, about that.
4: Well, I I think it varies for each person based on how experienced they are. This is mm-hmm. this is something that you learn to be able to do. Right. And some people can very very quickly within within 30 seconds to a minute okay. shift their um it, they, they have a, a, pro, a process called the Quick Coherence Technique that um, that was developed by the Institute of HeartMath. It's part of my Happy for No Reason mm. program. And it's very, very simple. I, I'm going to, in fact, just share it with you right now so everybody listening can practice this. Good. And it's it's got three steps to it. One of them is called, the first step is called Heart Focus. And in that step, what you do is you just focus your attention on the area of your heart. So you're going through your work day, you're frustrated, you're upset, something's not working, and you feel off. First thing you do is you put your hand on your heart if you're able to. You can do this anytime, anywhere. And what that does is it helps you focus your attention on your heart. Mm-hmm. Then the second thing you do is called heart breathing. And what you do with this is you just imagine that your breath is coming in and out through your heart, that you're very gently and easily breathing in and out through the heart. And you do that for 30 seconds and take, until you get a, a sort of slow, rhythmic kind of a breath in and out. Not strained, very easy, but imagine your breath coming in and out from your heart. And then the third step of this is called heart appreciation. And with that, you just remember a time when you felt a warmth, a caring, a love in your heart. You could bring back perhaps a person that you feel a great love for, a pet, a situation. It may be just standing in, in, in nature, being in the woods, being near the ocean, just some time in which you felt some kind of appreciation. What you're doing in that is you're interrupting your pattern of frustration and you're bringing yourself back into heart rhythm coherence. And very simply, that can shift, shift your attention and, and make you more creative, as, as you mentioned, Riley. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's, it's just three steps, heart focus, heart breathing, and heart feeling. Love it. It's, um,
3: it's amazing how a little bit of consciousness raises our ability to be happy, and I think that's really the root of our conversation here, is that people can learn these things, and that's why happiness is actually a science. If we can get people to transform their awareness about what they're doing or get a little bit of a if you will, a reminder by having to throw a dollar in a basket or mm-hmm. using a journal, we can really make changes in our lives. Yeah. And, you know
4: what I love? They, they've even got a uh, a, a little device that I'm sure you're familiar with called the M-Wave, mm-hmm. and it's, it's no bigger than a credit card. And you put your thumb on or your finger on this sensor, or you can plug it to your ear, and it tells you when you are in heart rhythm coherence and when you're not. So it's like a biofeedback device right. for the heart. And I've used that very often when I'm on the telephone um, and uh-huh. having a conversation with somebody. And I notice when I stay in the green zone, which is the, the, the heart coherent zone, that my conversation is much more um, productive than when I'm in the red zone when my conversation is, uh, is more
3: incoherent. And to that point, Marcy, I want to say that that M wave I have given to people who have had heart conditions who are actually looking for opportunities to be mindful of Mm -hmm. their blood pressure and it is a great little machine for many, many reasons.
2: Well, I think uh, we have one also here. My wife does it and I do it. Um, But what I noticed, and this is what you're saying, Marcy, is around the heart breathing. I'm an avid meditator. and I said, oh, Mm -hmm. let me try this uh, M-wave. It should should correspond when I'm in alpha waves uh, or theta waves with the coherence Mm -hmm. And it doesn't. It's not a one-to-one correspondence. And I think what I've noticed, it really does get activated by the breathing. And yes. you know, the more that I really mm-hmm. focus on the breathing, and you know, different than I would do when I'm in a meditative state, it really does get activated that way.
4: Yeah, and that you know, that's the very first thing to take somebody out of the fight or flight response yeah. or any reactivity, is to is focus on your breathing and um, and we, it take deep breaths and things like that. So it's it. it now, I know we'll probably have to go to a break fairly soon, but I've got a quick story that I want to share. Should I wait to yeah, share it until no, after ahead. the break, or should wait. I share
2: it now? Yeah. Go ahead and share it now, because if we need to, we'll, we'll okay. to go to a break. But I think we're right.
4: All right. Well, this is a great – and the reason I'm sharing this is, to, is because we're talking about the heart and, and, uh, and how it, it may even affect people's health. This is a story of one of the women that I interviewed. Her name was CJ. And CJ had been very depressed. She'd had lupus for 15 years, which is an autoimmune disorder. It has lots of symptoms. She was in pain quite often, got, got around very often in a wheelchair, and she was pretty miserable. She heard about a very simple practice of loving kindness, of wishing people happiness and health. It's in, in Buddhism, it's called a metta meditation practice. It's a very simple practice of wishing other people happiness, and she thought, Oh, I can't do that. I, I'm, not, I'm too miserable myself. I can't bother to wish other people happiness. But someone convinced her to give it a try, so she tried it for about a month. She made a commitment to do it for about a month, and what she would do is every morning she would wake up, sit up in bed for a couple of minutes, and send herself this wish of happiness and health, and it went like this. May I be safe, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I live with ease. May I be safe, may I be happy, may I be healthy, may I live with ease. After a couple of minutes of of doing that, she'd get up and she'd feel pretty good. But here was the real challenge. Throughout her day, every time she would see somebody or talk to somebody, she would silently send them that same wish. May you be safe. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you live with ease. She would send this wish to her coworkers, to her family, even to strangers as she was driving down the highway. She'd look in their car and she'd beam them that wish. Well, after a month of doing this, she was so into it that she she kept on doing it for a year. And after a year, here were the results we don't know what happened to the people that she sent the wish to but her happiness level skyrocketed she's out of the wheelchair she's exercising three times a week and she is completely symptom free Mm. now her doctors tell her that it's a medical miracle but the only thing that she did differently was to silently send this wish to herself and to others wow and it just what it did is i believe it put her into that heart rhythm coherence on a regular basis And it changed her physiology.
3: Outstanding. We're going to come back. This is Leadership Development News. We're talking to Marcy Shemoff. And we are going to bring you some more on happiness. So come right back.
5: Books and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066.
0: Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times best-selling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, whathappyworkingmothersknow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2C Leadership That's H2Cleadership.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
2: And we got two more things, Mark. That we want to cover, if we can, in this last section. One is about living an inspired life, and I think, like we talked about during the break, you know, leaders uh, that we deal with, you know, one want to be inspired, but then they got to. Then it's always challenging how to inspire others. And then the other thing we want to at least touch on is, is you know, who's surrounding you.
4: Hmm. Well, I, I've absolutely found that um, that people who feel a sense of purpose or passion in their life are clearly happier than those who don't. Um, There's all kinds of health and longevity studies that show that people who live with a sense of purpose live longer and healthier lives, and, you know, having meaning, feeling that that you're you're living something that's meaningful to you is very, very important. Now, unfortunately, the bad news is that 80%, according to a Harris poll, 80% of people in America do not like what they're doing. So um, I, you know, we've we've we're not we're not doing really well in that in that area. People who are the most inspiring are those who are the most inspired. So one of the things that um, that I really suggest people do is is reevaluate uh, what is it that you're doing and is it uh, there? There are three categories I think of a daily activity. Are you in a job or are you in a career or are you in a calling? You know, in a job you're just showing up because you're getting a paycheck. In a career, you're showing up because you're wanting to get somewhere. You're wanting to achieve something. But in a calling, you're there because it's what you feel your life purpose is. You are called to do this. And I believe each person on this planet has a purpose for being here and is called to do something. And the more that you are aligned with your calling, the more I I think you're inspired and inspiring and so uh, there are many processes to find out what your calling is if you if you don't know what that is. And but even if you aren't in your, even if you're not able perhaps right now to be doing work that is your calling, for other reasons, to bring your passion to everything you do is really important. And and I'll share with you just a cute little anecdote, not not a cute anecdote, actually an inspiring anecdote um, that I heard about the great conductor Arturo Toscanini very very inspired man living living an inspired life and on his 80th birthday someone asked Toscanini's son Walter what his father ranked as his most important achievement and Walter answered by saying well for my father there is no such thing whatever he's doing at the moment is the biggest thing in his life whether it's conducting a great symphony or peeling an orange and I have noticed that the people who are I'm most inspired around live in that same energy, that whatever it is they're doing, they are bringing their full attention, their full focus. They're, they're being very present with whatever it is they're doing, and they're doing it with all of their heart and their soul, and that's inspired.
3: Yep, and, and you can tell the difference when you have somebody who's coming from that place of beauty and balance versus someone who's coming from a place of fear and scarcity. And people can smell it. It's almost like a chemical thing that you can, that you can smell or feel as energy. Uh, and people really don't take the time to use their senses, uh, to use, as you would say, their soul and their bio, um, uh, kind of the biological components of their life, to look at those things and really understand that they're nourishing themselves at work uh, and they could really be antagonizing their biological system and their soul by working in an environment like that. So,
2: so one of the things, Marcia, it would be interesting what, what you do with this. Sometimes when, when, when I'm trying to help someone around inspiration, and it's going back to, like you're saying, reflecting on the day and saying, you know, what well, when did you feel the most energy? When were you most inspired during the day? Just to be able to go back and, in a sense, kind of collect those to see, is there, is there a pattern if they're right. not sure what it is?
4: Absolutely. And there are, um, I'm a fan of a a process called the passion test. And I, I, with each of these 21 happiness habits that I talk about, I, I have a story behind it. I have the research behind it. And then what I think is the most important thing is I have a tool or a technique that you can use to make it practical in your everyday life, because of course, that's where it really matters. And so one of the tools that I offer is something called the Passion Test, uh-huh. which was developed by Janet and Chris Atwood. And it's just a simple tool to help you determine what are your top five passions in your life right now because you can't keep track of more than five things.
2: Mm-hmm. So, That's great. Yeah. Um, and so I imagine the Passion Test, one of those things is, is just raising the awareness, like we're saying, uh, being, you know, being fully present. Many times we may really be in an inspired state and, and miss it we don't even we don't even know we're in it
4: exactly, exactly, so uh, awareness is the start of of all change yeah. becoming aware of what are the things that really
2: bring you passion so now, what about this <clears throat> next topic I'm just thinking for an audience that uh, you know many of folks are in organizations mm-hmm. they're surrounded well, you know we have a, there's a lot of research about the influence of the boss, we talk about the emotional thermostat, you know they can get stuck complaining, blaming about their boss or a coworker. Um, You know, what are some of the things that that you end up talking about and helping people in regards of, you know, maybe evaluating the the people, the energy level, either energy enhancers or energy energy drains around them?
4: Yeah. Well, one of the things that you mentioned, Riley, is is the whole concept of emotional contagion. It's important that people really get that we catch people's emotions just like we catch their colds. Uh Uh-huh. And so you want to be careful who you're surrounding yourself with. Now, one of the solutions, you know, if, if you're around people that have a lot of colds, what do you do? You strengthen your own immune system, and then you're not as likely to catch them. So the stronger you are in your own happiness level, the less likely you are to, to catch the negative emotions of the people around you. I mean, you know, you imagine the Dalai Lama is in a room of, of, of people and somebody's very negative. Is the negative guy going to bring the Dalai Lama down, or is the Dalai Lama going to bring the negative guy up? it's going to be the Dalai Lama being, bringing the negative guy up because the stronger, per, the stronger emotions win. And so beware of who you are surrounding yourself with. One, some people say, I've heard it said, that we become the average of the five people that we surround ourselves with the most. Yeah. So make a list of those five people and see if you want, need to make any changes in that, in that list. But also build your own emotional immunity so that when you are around negative people, you aren't as affected as adversely.
2: Yeah, I have a question. Maybe then, Kathy, you, this too. Um, just which is stronger, positive or negative? It looks like we're going to bring us down. So, so Marcy, what? You have any quick thoughts on before we end here?
4: Well, ultimately, I think that the you know the, the positive person is. Uh, I think ultimately positive will prevail. (laughs) Hooray. It's what sustains us, what keeps us going in life. Well, we have been speaking to Marcy
3: Shimoff, and she has been a tremendous help in creating lasting happiness around the world. And hopefully she'll do the same for you. Thanks, Marcy.
4: Thank you. Joy to be with you. And people can find me at happyfornoreason.com. Yay.